Ten men are wading near the road into a village on the border between Galilee and Samaria. They stand in a huddle off to the side, and the empty space around them is almost palpable. Those who walk by give them a wide berth, for they are lepers, victims of a variety of skin diseases that were thought to be highly contagious and which have rendered them ritually unclean, unable to participate in religious activities or even to be in contact with other people. They wait, hoping against hope to see a man who might be able to help them. They've heard stories of this Jesus, rumors that he is able to cure disease, to heal even people like them, cruelly cut off from family and community, dead men walking. Suddenly they see him and start to move forward only to be reminded of their place by the scornful looks of the crowd surrounding him. Stepping back, they call out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Jesus stops and looks at them and then simply says, go and show yourselves to the priests. His words have the force of a command, one that compels them to obey. They look at one another and then take to the road, heading to Jerusalem, to the temple and the priests who are the only ones with the power to declare them clean. And as they went, we are told they were healed. All of them were healed. Can you imagine what that must have been like? God, go with you. To suddenly realize that the disease that betrayed you was gone, that you might be able to go home again, that you might have a life again hardly daring it to believe it, as soon as the men saw that their bodies were free of disfigurement, they began to run, eager to make the journey that would restore them to their families, to their communities, to their lives. All of them began to run, except one. One, recognizing what happens to him, turns back and joyfully shouting out praise to God. He runs not to the temple, but to Jesus, throws himself at Jesus' feet and thanks him. He thanks him. Such a little thing, saying thank you. It's something that we are taught to do from childhood. Say thank you, our parents coach us, and we do. We say thank you to our teachers, we say thank you to the hosts at birthday parties, we say thank you sometimes to the grandparents who send us Christmas presents. As adults, we thank the clerk in the store and the server in the restaurant, the lift driver who picks us up and the usher who hands us a bulletin. We do it without really thinking about it. It's a social nicety, kind of like saying, how are you when someone calls us on the phone? But the leper who comes back to Jesus is not just being nice. Look at what he does. Luke tells us that this man saw, he saw that he was healed, whereupon he turned back. He praised God with a loud voice. He wasn't just saying, thank you, God. He was saying, thank you, God. Oh, this is amazing. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and he thanked him. 
the tenth leper recognized what had happened to him, changed direction so that he might express a gratitude so great that it caused him to shout for joy and brought him to his knees. True gratitude is powerful stuff. When we are truly grateful, our emotions take over. And oh, they can vary widely. When you find something that's been lost, you feel relief and surprise and gladness. And when a difficult situation is resolved, you might feel a sense of release or elation. When you receive a gift, especially an unexpected one, you feel humility and awe and joy. When you fall in love, you feel giddy and gleeful and amazed. True gratitude in any form is powerful stuff, and it comes to us unasked as a surprise sweeping over us like a wave in the sea. Certainly that's what happened to the tenth leper. Swept up in a wave of gratitude, he cannot but help thank Jesus. But then this man had more reason than most to be grateful. He was a Samaritan, one whose people were hated by the Jews for reasons that went back centuries. Jesus even calls him a foreigner. Though Jesus had sent him there, he actually could not go to the temple to be seen by the priests. They would have turned him out. They would have rejected him out of hand. And so his gratitude comes out of nothing. In the words of Debbie Thomas, his is the kind that wells up from the deepest caverns of his yearning and sorrow. His is the kind that takes nothing for granted. His is the kind that notices how rare, how singular, how gorgeous grace is when it comes to the borderlands and says, come on in, yes, you, you. His is the kind that finds God-inclusive welcome stunning. Have you ever felt that kind of gratitude? Gratitude that comes out of a deep experience of grace, a gratitude that spills you, fills you up and spills over onto others, a gratitude that changes your life. This is the kind of gratitude that the 10th leper experienced, and it did change his life. Listen again to what Jesus says to him. Get up and go your way, your faith, has made you well. Not faith as in believing, but faith as in seeing, really seeing this man like the others saw that he was healed, but he also recognized the source of that healing was the grace of God, and he rejoiced. He rejoiced and came back not just to his family and his community, but to God. And when Jesus tells the man that he is well, he uses a particular Greek word, sadzo, a word that, that is indeed translated as made well in most of our translations, as in healed, but which also means saved, as in rescued, liberated, brought through mortal danger, and also means made whole, as in being fulfilled or completed, being made what you were meant to be. Ten were healed, but only one was saved. Ten were made clean, but only one was made whole. Ten received God's grace, but only one recognized it and rejoiced. Ten were blessed, but only one stopped to give thanks. Ten were restored to their families and communities, but only one was restored to God. 
having a heart of gratitude made all the difference. Actually, gratitude can make a difference in our physical hearts. Medical studies have shown that there are connections between gratitude and health, including the health of our hearts. In fact, the link between gratitude and hearts is so pronounced that one research team identified gratefulness as a strength of the heart. And researcher Paul Mills says that it seems that a grateful heart is more a more healthy heart. But even more than that, gratitude, the recognition of our blessings and the giving of thanks is at the heart of our relationships with one another. When we recognize what a gift those relationships are and express our gratitude to one another, those relationships grow stronger. David Lose points this out when he writes, maybe you're at dinner with family or friends and it's one of those meals prepared with love and served and eaten deliberately when time just stops for a little while and you're all caught up and bound together by this nearly unfathomable sense of community and joy. And then you lean over to one another and maybe raise your glass in a toast and say, this is great, this time, this meal, you all, thank you. And in seeing and giving thanks, the original blessing is somehow multiplied. You have been blessed a second time. Or maybe you were at the Grand Canyon or some other wonderful spot taking in the beauty of the vista when you lean over to your companion and say, this is so beautiful, I'm so glad you're here to share it with me. And again, the blessing is multiplied and you've been blessed yet again. I know what he means. When she left our house, a dear friend of ours would say, it's been like a chunk out of heaven. That acknowledgement, that expression of her gratitude only added to the blessing of our time together and it deepened our relationship with her. When we recognize the joy of our relationships and we express our gratitude for them, we grow closer. We care more deeply. We support one another more readily. Our love for one another grows. That's true of our relationship with God too. When like the 10th leper, we recognize God's grace and respond with our thanks, we strengthen our relationship with the one from whom all blessings flow and our love grows. And here's the thing, gratitude multiplies. The more we give and receive it, the more we have to share. I said earlier that gratitude is a is a response that comes upon us unexpectedly, but at the same time, it's also a practice that we can cultivate, a muscle like that of the heart that can be strengthened over time. We can learn to see and to give thanks, to be grateful intentionally. Our world is full of troubles. When we read the papers or listens to the news, it's overwhelming, but our world is also full of blessings, of friends who support us, families who love us, colleagues with whom we do good work, children who give us joy, the sheer beauty of God's creation. And so we have a choice. We can focus on the troubles in the world and in our lives, or we can focus on the blessings 
We can choose to see only the bad, the ugly, the evil, or we can choose to see the good, the beautiful, the grace of God that surrounds us on every side. David Lose writes, giving voice to gratitude is a choice with consequences, for as we express our gratitude, we affect those around us, we shape the reality in which we live. Gratitude is scarce these days. We live in an age of anger, of complaint, of vengeance. And think about what a powerful response gratitude is in these situations. David writes, in this light, saying I'm grateful does not simply express our thanksgiving, but actually gives voice to a countercultural witness that has the power to shape those around us, push back the tide of resentment and complaint that ails us, and make room for a fresh appreciation of God's renewing, saving grace. That's true for both our personal lives and for our life in this community of faith. We can focus on our struggles or we can look for the blessings that come our way. I'm thinking about Joanne, Dan, and Young right now. Oh my goodness. If you've ever been around Joanne, you know that she is relentlessly cheerful. She just went through knee replacement surgery and I saw her the day afterwards and she was just so happy, so grateful that I felt happy and grateful. It was, it was amazing, you know? We can do this in our church, we can fret about, oh, we don't have children, this is the first time we've had children in several weeks, or we don't have as many people here, or we can look through the eye, at the church through the eyes of Jesus, eyes that saw lepers healed and whole, and see the gifts that are among us right here and now, gifts that can renew our congregation and carry us into the future. So, right now, right here, I want us to begin practicing gratitude. And here's how. Um, the ushers are going to bring forward baskets. And the baskets have paper, have cards in them, and they have markers in them. And you're invited to take two cards out of the basket. They're just going to start down and you're just going to pass them down if you just pass the baskets down with the, yeah, then start at the front and it can work its way to the back, however you want to do it. Sorry. <laughs> and I'm going to ask you to write on those cards one thing you're personally glad, glad for on one card and something that you're glad for in your church life on another. So you need, each needs two cards. These are going to go to our choir over here. And I want to give you some examples. The church choir, did, church council did this the other night. Now, you'll have to share the markers. You just have to pass them back along with the cards and share the markers, and I would like to have them back if possible. <laughs> you can write in big letters because the cards are really big. So here's some samples of what the church council wrote. My children and grandchildren, a loving family, the birth of a grandson Xavier in May, fulfillment in serving, friends, family, my Rebecca sisters, my church community. Oh, everyone gets to do this. It's good. Choir, music. That's a good one. My family, life and everything in it. The soul searching going on within the global United Methodist Church. Susanna sisters, community, choir, and my personal favorite, tacos. 
You can write anything you're thankful for on those cards, one personal, one for the church life. And when you're done, well, you can hold up your cards and the ushers can collect them or you can hand them to the ushers or to me, however we get them back. And the magic markers too, that would be great. And here's what we're gonna do with them. We're going to start to create a wave of gratitude on that wall over there. We're going to, uh, this is just the first go around and every week from now until Thanksgiving, there will be tables with cards and markers on them so that you can walk in the church and write down something for which you are thankful that day. And we're gonna add those cards to this wave of gratitude that's gonna be on that wall. And I look forward to seeing that wave grow. So I encourage you to not spend a lot of time to say one thing I'm really grateful for in my personal life, one thing I'm really grateful for in the church life, and let's begin that wave of gratitude. Let's begin to surround ourselves with the thanks that will help us to see God's grace and to share that grace with others. Amen? Amen. Amen.